This is The Bucket List on SEM Plus 1377. We are going to be chatting Monster Jam this morning. Oh, I'm excited about Monster Trucks. We're going tonight, aren't we? It's going to be heaps of fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Have you seen Monster Jam before? Yes. I saw it in Tampa Bay in Florida. What a night. 50,000 people went to the uh, Monster Truck event. Uh, Morgan Kane is one of the drivers for the Monster Jam. He drives Gravedigger. Oh, the glory days of Monster Trucks. Gravedigger and Bigfoot. They were the kind of the two original monster trucks like went, that used to go head to head. We will be chatting to Morgan Kane. He's come all the way from North Carolina. North he's going Carolina, to be, yeah. He's performing in the monster trucks. We'll be chatting to him very shortly. And uh, we're going to be talking about Olympic sports that you didn't know existed. The Olympics isn't quite what it is today. Sack race was one, that one of those? <laughs> yeah, the Olympic sack race champion. No, I'm serious. No, it wasn't. What about egg and spoon race? That's not, Well, probably the Greeks back in the day in the ancient Olympics, but I'm not sure egg and spoon has quite made it to uh, 1896 and onwards. Imagine on, that. Olympic egg and spoon champion. <laughs> on the bucket list. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Do you know, on Sunday, up in Woolai, northern New South Wales, it is the Australian Goanna Pulling Championships. What is Goanna Pulling? To tell us more about that, we've got the lightweight Goanna Pulling champion. His name is John Corsley. Welcome to The Bucket List, John. Glad to be with you. What is Goanna Pulling? Are any animals okay, harmed? So, so, no animals are harmed. Basically, like a tug-of-war, we get two dueling Males get down on all fours, and it's a tug-of-war from around the neck. We um, base the neck on all fours, and we've got to pull each other over a certain white line. Same as a tug-of-war. But you're attached by a band that you wrap around your heads, don't you? Big, thick leather belt. This is the most unusual sport, John. What does your partner think of this? Well, beforehand she thought I was crazy, until last year that was, when she thought, you know, why not? She had a go, and by chance she went on to win it, ah. through her determination and grit. So I had a lot of bit of pressure on my shoulders. So do you need strong shoulder or neck muscles to do this? Upper body, I'd say neck, and I do a lot of body weight. I work in the gym as well, but I do a lot of body weight exercises, chin-ups, push-ups, and all-around core as well. I actually went to the Eskimo Olympics a few years go up in Greenland. They have a very yep. similar sport. They call it head pull. Yep. The two options are obviously you pull somebody across a central line or you pull the band off the other person's head. Now, is, is Guana pulling along the same rules? Same deal. If it slips over the head, it's a loss. Have you ever pulled anybody's head off? No, but I remember my first one back in about 2004 and I was I was like a young 22-year-old, so I've been around 15, 16 years, and I was scared out of my brain. These big gym buffs said they were going to pull my head off. Their partners were screaming out from the crowd, he's going to need Penadol, and I was actually intimidated, but in saying that, I went on to win it. It is a feat of strength, what we're talking about. I mean, there is technique, obviously, no doubt. Do you get neck strain or pull a muscle in the kind of the back muscles of your neck? Is it a whole body thing instead of just the neck? It's a whole body thing. Because we're caught up in the adrenaline in the moment, you know, you don't feel... Like, the next day, I might feel a bit stiff in the neck. Yeah. So, you are the lightweight champion for Goanna Pulling. What do you win? 
we win a lovely big leather belt and there's a good $300 cash prize. Definitely a good incentive. My mum wasn't overly impressed to start off with, but <laughs> until I brought the money home. This is at Willow Sports Grand. Is, it, is there other things going on apart from the Goanna Pulling oh, Australian Championships? Great family day, like tug of wars, wood chopping, carnival, theme set up, jumping castles. Well, good luck tomorrow retaining your championship oh, you. of the lightweight Goanna Pulling champ. Thanks very much. That's John Corsley, the lightweight Goanna Pulling champion on the bucket list. This morning we're chatting to Daniel Ciccone from Sportsnet Holidays and the Australian Open is coming up 20th of January till the 2nd of February. Daniel, why travel to the Australian Open 2020? It's obviously one of only four Grand Slams. It's the world's best tennis players and it's in our backyard. By far the best value for money Grand Slam, especially when compared to, say, Wimbledon and and the French. I love what Tennis Australia have done with Melbourne Park from a festival atmosphere perspective. It's not just about the tennis anymore. There's great bars, some iconic Melbourne restaurants in pop-up form, awesome live music with just huge international acts, and it's brilliant for families. You know, as a father, I love what they've done from that perspective. The AO ballpark this year was just magic. Uh, You know, you could compare your service speed to Federal or or Serena Williams. You could sing karaoke in a car with Kokonakis and Gavrilova. But for those parents that wanted a bit of a break, they've got the kids club as well. So all of that, plus what better city in the world to travel to in summer than Melbourne, a ripper event. You do the best tickets, but you include so much more. What have you got in mind for the Australian Open this year? Obviously, there's 25 sessions, 14 days of tennis. We can basically create any package someone's looking for across those 25 sessions, whether it's the first week, whether it's the middle weekend, whether it's the quarters, semis, men's and women's finals, uh, whether someone wants to go to all 25 sessions. And believe it or not, we get a few crazy people every year that do that. All 25 sessions in a travel package. Um, blows my mind each year we, we see those come through. For those that like cruising, we've spoken about sports cruising on this show before, but we have a six-night P&O sports cruise departing from Sydney. Takes in three of the the first four days of the Australian Open. Incredible value for money. Incredible tennis included. It's an absolute steal of a package. So, so many options. This is is one of our best events with some of our best packages. That's unbelievable. Where are most of the guests travelling from? All over. So, Australian Open brings people from all over the globe for us, mainly Australia and New Zealand, but we get a significant contingent from the US and Canada, the UK, South Africa is quite popular for us, and even Southeast Asia. What is the Sportsnet Super Suite? This is one of my favourite things that, that we do in any of our packages. It's an exclusive private suite in Melbourne Arena. It's the biggest suite at Melbourne Park. It's enormous. It takes up the entire length of a baseline and the corners. Uh, it's for the first eight days of the tournament, and all Sportsnet reserve seat day uh, session ticket holders get free access when they purchase a package from us. It's an opportunity to escape the crowds, escape the heat. It's air-conditioned, private bathrooms, really nicely furnished, bars to purchase food and beverages. Also accessible from the suite are three private balconies with two rows of padded seats overlooking the court. So if you want to watch the tennis from behind the glass, go for your life. If you want to actually sit within the, you know, with the crowd, you can do that as well in the comfort of those padded seats. And also, unlike Rod Laver Arena and Margaret Court Arena tickets, it includes day and night matches. So you get tennis from the morning all the way through to the night. If you're from Melbourne, you can purchase a ticket to the Super Suite for only $129 a day. It's amazing value. It's a hospitality experience at a fraction of the price. And the thing I'm, I'm really excited about is next year, we've got the suite for the Melbourne United Open Air Game on the Wednesday night of the second week. So go to the tennis during the day, watch the basketball at night under the stars in the absolute comfort of the suite at a ridiculous price. 
That is unbelievable. What other tennis events do you offer? Just released Wimbledon. It's one of those bucket list events. It could arguably be in the top five, certainly in the top ten bucket list events on earth. So we do that one. We're doing the Fed Cup final in November. Really looking forward to supporting the Australian girls there. Hopefully they get over the line. And the ATP Cup, brand new, the lead-up tournament to the Australian Open. And, and we've got packages to that in January, which are going pretty well so far. This is absolutely unbelievable. So not only have you got the best tickets at the best prices with the best accommodation and a cruise... You've got the super sweet. You've got the basketball thrown in. This is an absolute unbelievable package. And everything is official. If you want to go on a tennis tour with Sportsnet Holidays down the Australian Open, you can give them a call, 1-300-888-858 or sportsnetholidays.com. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. The monster trucks are in town today, and we are joined by the driver of Gravedigger, Morgan Kane. He's all the way from North Carolina, and he's in town. Has it been able to take Gravedigger all around the world and put on a show for the fans? This is a great city. I love coming here. Uh, the people here are amazing. Being able to walk around the city and walk down the river to the Amy Amy Park, it's just it's fantastic. That's my favorite part about it. And traveling around the world, being able to really experience all the different cultures, it's great. But here in Australia, it is amazing how the fans love Monster Jam. This is by far, you know, as far as international travels for us going somewhere to put on a Monster Jam. This place is amazing because we packed this place out. So for people that aren't really aware what Monster Jam is, how would you describe it? It's everything that you would want in an entertainment show, uh, in an event, and more. It's like an attack on all your senses where you're smelling all the fuel. You, you get to see all of the dirt flying all up. It's such a cool experience, especially for the kids, because you get to really feel the power. Um, but Monster Jam is, is a full-on action-packed show that we put on, and we have racing, two-wheel skills, and freestyle. So it's a great show every time we put it on. Are you guys told specifically to go out and wreck your monster trucks? Because every time I've seen monster trucks, you guys because every freestyle session you end up on your roof is always damage. I'm always amazed at the amount of damage you do to those trucks, especially actually during racing and doing donuts and things. And then when the freestyle comes around, the trucks are fixed again and you're out there smashing them up again. The damage bill must be phenomenal. It's definitely job security for our mechanics. We want to make sure that, you know, we're always putting on the best show possible. Fans don't buy a ticket to come and watch trucks just drive around on the floor for two hours. <laughs> we really base everything off of how the fans are reacting and how the fans are in the stands. You know, if they're all pumped up and they're ready to go and they're loud and they're having a great time, you can see the merchandise and the flags waving in the air. That kind of drives me to drive a little bit harder and put the best show on possible. Now, Morgan, you may not know this guy. Morgan was world racing champion back in 2016. Now, racing and freestyle, very different things, but uh, what would you say your favorite uh, discipline is? Is it the racing or do you just like doing backflips? I absolutely love racing because it's the split-second decision-making that matters, and racing is a lot of fun. But freestyle is growing on me. Everything that they're incorporating into the tracks now, where it gives us a bunch of different obstacles to be able to do cool tricks off of, freestyle has kind of overtaken the racing part, and I love it. I only really plan the first three jumps, and I try and go out and, and figure out cool hits. And then after that, it's, everything goes out the window, and I'm driving based on how the fans are. If they're standing up and they're screaming and they're shouting, I'm going to go for the backflip ramp, and I'm going to do a backflip, and I'm going to go and just crash and do crazy stuff just because I know that that's what they want to see. So now, freestyle is probably my favorite part. Outside of driving a monster truck, you are a massive soccer fan. Like you mentioned, if you weren't a monster truck driver, you'd be trying to uh, play 
apply your trade in Europe, trying to be a professional soccer player. What is on your bucket list? What sports event around the world would you pay good money to go and see? Uh, top of my bucket list is to be able to experience a World Cup final because soccer's played such a big part of my life. I mean, if I wasn't driving a Monster Jam truck, I would probably be trying to sign a professional contract for football. Now it's not necessarily a professional footballer, but I'm a professional monster truck driver and a professional performer. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with everything that's happened. That is so cool. What a great job, a monster truck driver. That's Morgan Kane, who drives Gravedigger on the bucket list. You're listening to The Bucket List. In 1952 in Helsinki with the Olympic Games. Oh, yeah. There was the 1500 metre track race. It had a very extremely talented lineup of athletes. These were the Kathy Freemans of the day, Beefy. They had a German called Werner Lerg. He was the joint record holder and he looked certain to win this race. Now, there was also a young British man, Rogers Bannister, and he was going to go on to be the first person to be able to run a mile under four yeah. metres. So they pretty much had an idea who was going to win this race back in 1952. So nobody expected it when a little-known runner from Luxembourg stormed ahead and crossed the finish line. This man's name was Joseph Bartel. Now, today, Beefy, the population of Luxembourg is 500,000. Back in 1952, it was about half that amount. So it was a little surprising when they saw Bartel racing across the finish line, winning gold for Luxembourg. But nobody, Beefy, was as surprised as the members of the band. They didn't have a clue what the Luxembourg national anthem sounded like. Mm. The shooters in the Asian Games won gold. Might have been Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that. And they played Borat's Kazakhstan version of the national anthem because when the Kazakhstanis won, they would have just done a search on Google, Kazakhstan national anthem, and Borat's one came up and they actually played Borat's national anthem. There's these two girls standing on the podium and Borat's national anthem for Kazakhstan comes up, the one he wrote to take the piss. That's crazy. Absolutely brilliant. But there are a number of sports that we never knew that were part of the Olympics. Have you got some interesting ones there? The top Olympic sports that you never knew were in the Olympics. Horse long jump. This is long jump for horses. As simple as that. 1900 games in Paris. Tug of war. I still think tug of war should be an Olympic sport. Five appearances between 1900 and 1920. Eight-man teams trying to pull the other team six. Only six feet. That's all they got to do. There was an English trio that actually competed in that, and they dominated the sport. They won two gold and one silver, and these three gentlemen were coppers. Ah, very traditional sport with the police in the UK. And what about this, Di? Solo synchronised swimming. You have to synchronise with yourself, Beefy. You do. You've got to synchronise with yourself. That's how complicated it was. 88, 92 and 96, it got turfed out because nobody was doing solo synchronised swimming. Absolutely pointless. 1906, pistol duelling. Well, they shot each other? They didn't actually shoot each other, but the premise was the same. They actually used dummies instead of people. But the premise was the same. You took the steps back, you turned around, you shot the dummy instead of the other person. Did they slap them with a glove and say, I will have my (laughs) satisfaction, sir? No doubt they did. Winter Olympics this time, ski ballet. Ski ballet. Yeah, it was like synchronised swimming, but on snow, in skis. It was basically ballet to music. I like the sound of that one. Two appearances, 1988, 1992. Mm -hmm. In fact, ski ballet got so little response, it actually died as a sport for about 18 years. There was no organised competitions or even competitors. That's how bad ski ballet was. But here it is. The number one sport you never knew was an Olympic sport. Paris 1900 Games die. Pigeon shooting. No way. Live pigeon shooting. Any figures on how many pigeons were deceased? 300. That's awful. 
awful. So, yeah, they don't do pigeon shooting anymore. This morning we are speaking to Scott McCulloch, General Manager of the Travel Money Group. You've got this great product that's come out, the Rate Move Guarantee. How often do exchange rates change? They change every day, unfortunately, for the customer because it means it's quite hard to keep track of if today's a good day to buy or not. And if you're in the market to buy and you're travelling, it can be quite confusing as to when is a good time to buy and how often they move. So they do move daily. And what is the impact for a customer? It depends. Sometimes they can stay, depending on what the markets are doing globally, sometimes they can stay fairly flat for a little while. And depending on if Trump has something to say or not, sometimes (laughs) that can make the dollar do funny things and, and change quite a bit. A good example could be on the 17th of June, 2000 Australian dollars would have bought you about 1330 US. 13 days later, on the 30th of June, it would have got you 13.67, so about $35 more US for your trip. So whether you're into a couple of extra beers or some hot dogs, every little bit counts while you're travelling. If people are changing their currency with uh, Travel Money Oz, that rate move guarantee, is that automatically thrown in or is that something we have to activate? automatically thrown in so we'll talk to you about it when you come in and see us and buy essentially if you buy at our rates on the day we put the rate move guarantee on and uh, if the rate moves within your favor in the 14 days we'll give you the difference back that sounds amazing how can it be redeemed you can pop into any one of our stores and we can redeem that for you and we can either convert it back into the currency that you want and get that back to you in australian dollars so you can go and buy a coffee or do some shopping at home mostly before you go now the rugby world cup is on in japan right now how's the yen looking the yen's looking pretty good at the moment obviously a lot of people will be heading up there shortly or if not already there um so pop in and see us and we'll look after you and if you're from this radio station mention that and we'll, we'll give you an extra special deal get in and have a look at our currency pass as well and and the card products shake up and load that up with yen obviously you'll be quite excited obviously australia played this afternoon to take on the might of uruguay been a few upsets so far. Japan beating Ireland, which was interesting, and Wales beating Australia. For a Kiwi, that's very exciting. So make sure if you are travelling, check out the Rate Move Guarantee with Travel Money Group. You can go online. Travelmoneyoz.com. one 426 997 That's one 426 997 Don't forget, check out the Rate Move Guarantee. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Matt Hall, he is the new World Red Bull Air Race champion. Yes, another world champion from Australia, fresh from his victory over in Japan. Many people may have seen air racing on uh, TV very briefly, and Red Bull have brought it to the world. Tell us what air racing is all about. Basically, it's a, uh, it's a time trial event where it's one aircraft at a time racing through a, uh, a set track that takes about 60 seconds and uh, you know with uh, you know, basically uh, man against uh, the clock sort of thing and uh, if, if you have a clean run it should take about say 60 seconds and uh, all the pilots are running generally within a few uh, few hundreds of seconds of each other so it's, uh, it's pretty uh, tight racing. At the end of each run when you do the U-turn at the end of the lap some of the G's that you guys are pulling are absolutely phenomenal. I know that you've actually got restrictions if you go over a certain G limit like I think it's about 12 you actually get penalised. That's exactly right we're qualified if we're above 12 
12 G. You get a time penalty if we're above 11, just so that there's a little bit of a buffer there uh, between having a perfect run and um, and being disqualified. And to put that in perspective, uh, you know, I flew jet fighters. He flew the F-18 Hornet for a whole career, and, and everyone thinks of jet fighters as the ultimate uh, G machines. And uh, the Hornet pulls seven and a half G, so we're going significantly above what the jet fighters are doing. So I've, I've actually personally had my race plane to 14 G, which is its uh, which is its limit to uh, to go to. So huge amounts of G, and um, but you know, your body actually adapts to it, and uh, you can get used to it over the years. Matt, this is not your usual sport. How did you get into air racing? I was already in the Air Force flying fighters and, and then I took up the challenge of doing competition aerobatics on weekends. Just as I was sort of looking at what I'm going to do next uh, out of the Air Force, I was, eight, I was 18 years in the Air Force and I was a wing commander and looking at a desk job in Canberra and uh, the air race sort of uh, popped up and was like, you know what, that looks like a new exciting career and uh, before I had my midlife crisis, I might as well solve it right now and, and that's through my hat in the ring and it worked. You are the new Red Bull Air Racing World Champion. How did that feel? Because obviously you've done, what, nine, ten seasons of this now and you haven't quite managed to take out the the championship you've been close quite a few times now you finally finally achieved it i wasn't sure how i was going to feel um you know, if and when i got it because this was uh this is the fifth time i've been on the podium for a world championship you know, i've been third i've had uh, three seconds and then I, we knew going into that last race i was going to have at least another podium and you know, hopefully first place i think if i had have you know got become the world champion at my first attempt at it it would have been uh, one of those things like screaming jumping up and down on the spot oh, oh my god i can't believe this sort of thing but after the fifth the attempt at it, you know, like the fifth time getting a, a trophy at the end of the season, it, the, the emotion was actually just pure relief going, yeah, wow, thank, thankfully I finally got the bloody, the bloody trophy and uh, can, can actually just ease springs and relax now because, uh, you know, something that we, we felt that we'd been there so many times and not got it, it was just a uh, pure relief to actually finally get the uh, trophy. Matt, how dangerous is air racing? Uh, it's actually been stated as the, the safest uh, world motorsport uh, there is because there's never been anyone injured in that. For a motorsport that's, um, that's been going for, uh, you know, the best part of 12, 13 years, that's pretty impressive, actually. Most people associate flying planes and low level in what we do is, uh, is super dangerous, but, you know, it, it is if you if you put the wrong aircraft and the wrong pilot in there, but with the amount of training and the amount of rules that there are and the amount of safety procedures that are in place, actually, uh, we've had a few incidents. Now, I've had an incident there, but uh, yeah, no one's actually been injured doing it. Matt, what's on your bucket list? <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of things in there, but uh, yeah, I want to go to space. So I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. And um, yeah, I did. I did actually have a chat with NASA a number of years ago, but that wasn't going to work out just because of the Australia's lack of involvement in the International Space Station. There's a lot of private stuff going on these days that has a potential future in space. Maybe uh, when I hang up my spurs, uh, being a race pilot, I then uh, go into space instead, go to the opposite extreme. <laughs> I was going to say, have you made some calls to Richard Branson or Elon Musk about being the pilot? I've had a bit of a chat to. Uh, Sir Richard Branson about, about it. He sort of thinks I'm a bit too crazy to be a, a astronaut, you know. So, you know I've, been, I've been under too many bridges to go into space. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be at Cape Canaveral next month. I can have a chat to them. Perfect, perfect. Matt absolute pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations on being the new Red Bull Air Race World Champion. Finally, at the eighth time of asking, Matt has brought home the World Championship for Australia. All the best with everything, Matt. And, mate, your bucket list, that's the first time anyone's ever said to us, I want to go to space. That's brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. <laughs>